welcome to Life on the Brink, a lovely little place filled with inspiration and creativity that is dedicated to enjoying life one day at a time. I'm Anna, and together we're exploring the beautiful things in this world that fascinate us, and often discovering something new. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 67 of Life on the Brink. We are now well into September, which means I'm finally embracing fall. It's here, and I'm so excited for today. I had a lovely day today in which I saw some of the first fall items appearing at Trader Joe's, (laughs) and um, the weather is much cooler. It's much more manageable. It is hurricane season in Virginia, but there is definitely a a change in the air. And so today, while it's still nice and warm and we will enjoy our watermelon until the very last drop, let's talk about autumn. I don't know if you can have a last drop of watermelon, but regardless, go ahead and make yourself a cup of tea. I, like I said, I went to Trader Joe's just today and I'm drinking their um, harvest tea blend. It's, I believe it's just called Harvest Tea. It's got the little fox on the box. And it is so nice. It's warm with spices and I can smell like apple and ugh, it's so nice. I'm drinking it with a little bit of honey, but you go ahead and make yourself something hot or ice, depending on where you're, you're living right now and how the weather's doing. And let's talk about autumn. Let's get a little cozy. Today, I'm sharing books I'm sharing films and shows, basically what to read and watch, <laughs> and also some interesting, mm, I guess you could say activities, but really it's like parties, celebrations, ways to celebrate the autumn season. I have not yet taken out my fall decor. Maybe I'll, I'll talk about that later, but um, I have been accumulating books uh, from the library, from friends from my own personal collection, set aside for this fall season because I've just been looking forward to it so much this year. I think it fluctuates from year to year for me. And last year I had a couple like surprisingly great reads in the fall and it's just gotten me super pumped (laughs) for this round of reading. So we're going to talk about books first. Honestly, there's nothing better than a crisp fall day, maybe a morning, a Saturday morning, you don't have to go anywhere, or maybe a couple of hours or a pocket of time in the afternoon when you can just be at home and have a cup of tea and read a book, or even outside, take a book outside and have that autumn reading experience. It's, it is aestheticized, sure, but there is something, (laughs) there is something really nice about it. So I'm going to be sharing with you today the books that I plan on reading this fall. Now, to preface this, if you're thinking, why isn't this book on the list? Perchance, I've already read it and I've spoken about it before. So I will leave a link to um, previous episodes. Last year, episode 38 was all about books and TV shows, a similar sort of thing. But basically, my all-time favorite or good seasonal books, including my very all-time favorite book, but um, you can head over there. I won't rehash all of that information, but these are just the books that I have been collecting to read this year. 
starting with the one I'm most excited about, which is The Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman. So I've spoken a couple times about magic lessons on this podcast before. Uh, it was in my, I believe it was in my top 10 of, of last year. And it is in the Practical Magic series. Practical Magic was the first book published and there's a film about it and then a sequel was made and then a prequel was made that prequel being magic lessons and then this book is sort of like a second prequel so it takes place second chronologically if that's a bit confusing i'm just reading the second chronological book (laughs) in the practical magic series because i loved magic lessons last year it was so beautifully written. Like I felt like I could really see and experience the different settings where the characters went. I loved the themes of uh, compassion and helping and hope and forgiveness that were throughout the book. And then also just, oh, the, the, the magic sometimes takes the form of like teas and herbs and garden like it there are recipes for spells and I just loved that element of it as sort of like an herbalist but on steroids sort of thing so I don't know if that's at all incorporated into this second book but I'm so excited for the rest of this series and I probably will continue with more of them in this series I have the rules of magic um on my person, but if I finish it and I'm, I'm going to continue with the series, I'll just keep going. But these are like multiple generations of witches, and I love the different perspectives of of each other and, and the sort of like lineage of women that are uh, continuing on this gift. And it, it's just such a... It wasn't spooky. It was very uplifting. <laughs> and second, I have sort of in the same vein... A friend of mine let me borrow her copy of The Lost Apothecary by Sarah Penner. Allow me to read you some of the blurb. It goes like this. Hidden in the depths of 18th century London, a secret apothecary shop caters to an unusual kind of clientele. Women across the city whisper of a mysterious figure named Nella, who sells well-disguised poisons to use against the oppressive men in their lives. Oh, I didn't read this blurb. (laughs) Nella's dark world is no place for her newest patron, a precocious 12-year-old girl named Eliza Fanning, but their unexpected bond sparks a string of consequences that echoes through centuries. Then, 200 years later, an aspiring historian, Caroline Parswell, discovers an aged apothecary vile in the River Thames. As she is newly grappling with the searing betrayal of her husband's infidelity, a curious research project is exactly the distraction Caroline needs. But when she discovers a link between the vile and London's long-unsolved apothecary murders, Caroline's upended present soon collides with an explosive history binding her fate to Nella's and Eliza's in a stunning twist that transcends the barrier of time. That's a lot. Um, I didn't know that. (laughs) My friend Abby, who gave me this book, said that she thought I would like it because we've both read Magic Lessons and it had a similar, uh, you know, the, the making of potions and I guess poisons in the same sort of like, um, herbalist way. We both really enjoyed that element of it, and so <laughs> I didn't know that it was. It's going to be more of like a revenge magic, it seems. 
So maybe more spooky, maybe more October-y. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I am planning on reading that this fall and we'll see how it goes. Next up, I have on my list to read A Court of Silver Flames. So that is the fourth or fifth book in the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, which I started reading in like the late winter of this past year, of, of this year. And I took a break because I, it's, it is not as, it's not hitting me as much as I thought it was going to, but it is good. And everyone says that A Court of Silver Flames is like the book. So I'm excited to finally get to that one. If you haven't read any of them, I think it would be a good time. Um, I really enjoyed the second book in the series because, well, there are uh, fae and there's magic and um, it's it's uh, sort of a, I think the first book is sort of like a fairy tale kind of retelling, but a bit more intense. But then the second book completely blows the first book apart like you realize there's stuff that's been happening the whole time that you didn't know about and your whole perspective of the series shifts and um it was great storytelling and great atmosphere and i did continue to read the second and third book and like they're so long but i i read them all and then there's a little tiny novella that is like christmas time but i read it in the summer <laughs> um my eh, i don't say issue my one like question with this series is just I can't date it and it doesn't like for example in the second book I suddenly read the word toilet and I was like what does that mean there's like electricity nothing like that has ever been mentioned so I said no no I'm gonna I'm gonna make it <laughs> take away the toilet I'm gonna change it in my brain but then the slang and the various it's just like weird there's not it's not a present day story. It doesn't have the same kind of technology, but it will have like leather pants, you know? So if you are unbothered by details like that <laughs> and would like a very intense uh, magical story, I do recommend this series. And I'm, I say all that to say that I'm looking forward to A Court of Silver Flames and I can report back to see if I think the series up to this point is worth it. I did really enjoy reading it. It was just after the big three, the first three, I was like, okay, I'm not as absorbed in this as I was at the beginning. But anyway, I will read that. It's going to be good. Next on my list is The Hobbit, because I am someone who was homeschooled and somehow never read The Hobbit. Um, it's sort of like a rite of passage. <laughs> And I think I tried to read The Lord of the Rings when I was too young, and it was a trudge. And so I gave up reading the Tolkien books, um, but, you know, grew up on the movies, of course. But everyone says that The Hobbit is much easier to read and that it's just wonderful and whimsical and a delight. So I don't think it'll take me too long. I'm really looking forward to getting into that world again. I miss Middle Earth, and I am not tempted whatsoever by this Amazon Prime series, The Rings of Power. I think it's Amazon. I'm not tempted. It's not, I'm not even going to watch it <laughs> because of this, the, it's like got no source material. And, um, and the Lord of the Rings films are so perfect. So I will be reading The Hobbit this fall, and I think that this is probably the best time to read it 
So I'm really looking forward to that. Those are the ones that I have like up next, like in the beginning of my autumn queue. But there are a few other books that I have sort of um, behind that, sort of like waiting, like if I have time to get to these. And one of them I will either love or hate, I think. And it is The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt. Now, the reason that I think I may love it is because I read The Secret History last autumn and I, oh my gosh, what a gorgeous book. Like, oh, it was, it was fantastic. I still think about it. I will reread it. Like, her writing is stunning. It's just luxurious and atmospheric and everything is just achingly gorgeous. The content, very sad. Um, Definitely some messed up themes, but you're meant to walk away knowing that. And so I like that. You you view a lot of messed up stuff, but you understand what is good and what is bad. Um, the Goldfinch, I have heard very different reviews. Some people really love it for the same reasons, I think. Just Donna Tartt's writing is is that way. And then some people think like, nope, this is a depressing, sad, frustrating book. So I'm going to find out. <laughs> I know it has to do with, I think, art thievery, perhaps. Um, I'm not, I'm not too sure, actually. I just know that they made a film out of it and no one really thought it was a good adaptation, which makes sense because if, if it's anything like The Secret History, just, it would take a very specific cinematic eye to be able to capture the essence of those worlds. So I hopefully will get to that maybe even into november It'll be a very, um studious thing for me to do. <laughs> so that's the goldfinch. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention before, um, the uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses series is by Sarah J. Mass. So I forgot to mention that. I've been sharing the authors, but I didn't. And then also, I just have generally Agatha Christie. Last year, I read actually my first mystery of hers. I just hadn't read any, and I <laughs> started with the creepiest one, and then there were none, um, which terrified me. And it was a great experience <laughs> and because I never guess it, even though it's a plain as day. So I would like to read um, perhaps some more lighthearted murder <laughs> mysteries um, because she was just such a brilliant author. And I think this is her time. Autumn is Agatha Christie central. And finally, uh, the last book on my list is Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier, which I've only come to hear about in the past few years. And it seems like a very sort of spooky read. Um, I'll read you some of this blurb so you can see what I mean. So it says, it has a quote at the beginning of the blurb. Last night I dreamt I went to Manderley again. And then the rest of the blurb says, ancient, beautiful Manderley between the Rose Garden and the sea is the county's showpiece. Rebecca made it so, even a year after her death. Rebecca's influence still rules there. How can Maxim de Winter's shy new bride ever fill her place or escape her vital shadow? A shadow that grows longer and darker as the brief summer fades, until, in a moment of climactic revelations, it threatens to eclipse Manderley and its inhabitants completely. So it seems to have a bit of like a gothic lean, and uh, I'm all about that. It was also written 
1938, so a bit of a historical fiction. Oh, yes, I'm looking at it right now. It is a gothic novel. Very nice. It says it, it depicts an unnamed young woman who impetuously marries a wealthy widower before discovering that both he and his household are haunted by the memory of his wife, his late first wife, the title character. So if I if I can get to it, I'd probably like to do this um, in October for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, I haven't read a gothic novel since... Uh, not a real one since like Northanger Abbey. And that's really like, that's not even, that's satire on Gothic novels. <laughs> um, so a bit of the Gothic will be uh, good for this time. And that rounds out my like six or seven books that I'm most excited to read this fall. Um, like I said, the Practical Magic series is the one I'm most excited for because I have read one of them already. And I'm very, very excited. I feel confident that I'm going to like those books, and The Hobbit for sure. So yeah, I would recommend finding um, some stacks, looking through the stacks, finding uh, what you want to read this <laughs> this fall. And like I said, in episode 38 last year, I sort of talked about some more um, different books that I think would be good during this time. Alrighty, so let's move on to films and shows. So I'm not going to include... <laughs> The fact that Josh and I are slowly making our way through Stranger Things season four, but I have to do it in the daytime. So I don't, that's not really an autumn, that's like summer carryover in my mind. But aside from that, um, we are watching one other show together, which is going to be my main fall obsession, <laughs> which is of course House of the Dragon. Now, I too was hurt by HBO and all of their ilk when they released those final three episodes of Game of Thrones after setting it up to be such an epic ending. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil for you in case you haven't seen it. I still think, well, the show is still in like my top three of all time. Just, and that's why I'm watching House of the Dragon because it, the story is gripping and the world is, it just it enchants me. And what's nice about this, it's a prequel series to Game of Thrones. And so you kind of already know some of the big things that are going to happen. So they can't mess those up. I do also think that Game of Thrones is a great show to watch in the autumn. I, that's the, the last time I watched it. Um, Josh had never seen it before. And we watched it, I think, two falls ago. And it was ugh, perfect timing. It was fantastic. I do still recommend this show. <laughs> and then you can take or leave the last three episodes of the last season. Um, but I'm going to continue watching House of the Dragon. I love it. It's a weekly thing now. And yeah, <laughs> that's my main, that's my main show right now. So I'm watching that with Josh, but the other things that I, the other two shows that I would like to really highlight and, uh, spend more TV time towards them are Gilmore Girls, because I'm still watching it. <laughs> I'm still making my way through. I'm in season five, but it just sort of like, it, I like it more in the colder months. I'm sure that makes perfect sense. Um, but I have yet to get to the end of it and I'm liking it. I think it's in a good place right now. I am not loving Rory right now. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm going to get more into Gilmore Girls and hopefully try to finish this series before it's warm again, because it's been a little while that I've been watching it. But all of their autumn episodes are just so beautiful. It makes you want to do all of the small town pumpkin-y things. It's just so nice. 
And then the other show, I it's a little bit different. And I haven't watched an anime in several years at this point. But I heard about this show last year. It's called Yudu Camp or Laid Back Camp in English. Um, and Or at least in America. And it's apparently one of those feel-good anime where I don't think it's incredibly plot-driven. It's just more atmospheric. But it's a bunch of girls camping in autumn. And I believe there's uh, an eventual pilgrimage to Mount Fuji or something like that. But everything that I've ever seen of it, the art and the music, are so warming and, um, I mean like heartwarming, <laughs> and fun and relaxing and not at all um, intense, which is going to be, you know, in direct contrast to the House of the Dragon. <laughs> I feel like it's a good balance. And like I said, I haven't seen, it's based off of a manga series and I haven't seen an anime in several years, but everyone says that it's just a very comforting show. So I will see. I'm excited, looking forward to that. And then I just want to highlight two movies that are coming out this fall that I'm really looking forward to that I would recommend if you're listening to this um, perhaps in 2022, because uh, I can't speak to whether they're good or not, but I think that they will both make really good autumn movies. The first is actually out currently. It's called See How They Run, and it's starring um, Saoirse Ronan and lots of like the cast is amazing and it seems to be sort of um it's a like a murder mystery but in a sort of like kitschy it's a comedy um and seems very witty and kind of whodunit style and i think that's just perfect a good mystery that hopefully won't get too serious <clears throat> death on the nile and uh yeah i'm gonna try and see that in the next couple of weeks and then the other film is called amsterdam and it comes out in november i believe or no, it seems perhaps early October, um, it's been updated. And it's these three friends, it's a historical drama, and uh, these three friends, I think it's post-World War One. they witness a murder. And <laughs> the cast in this film, let me read you some of these names. The main trio is Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington. Also... We have Michael B. Jordan, Anya Taylor-Joy, Robert De Niro, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Taylor Swift. Like, you see where I'm going with this. Humongous names. And I kind of just, like, you don't see such a fantastic ensemble cast like that all the time. And it looks like it's going to be more of a drama, but kind of uh, it, the trailer anyway made it seem like it will be a little bit lighthearted here and there so uh very much looking forward to that one as well can't wait for autumn movie nights oh speaking of autumn movie night for plenty of other films that i think are perfect for this season you can go all the way back to podcast episode number seven which was filmed two years ago filmed it was recorded two years ago uh it's me and my sister sarah and we discussed our favorite films to watch during the autumn season and they have not changed uh, perhaps more have been added but i just checked out the list again and they all check out we love them <laughs> and watch them all the time so those are uh my show and film recommendations for this year and it's gonna kind of lead into this next section which is like parties question mark um fun ideas for things you can do uh some of which i am actively planning to do and some are just sort of like oh that would be fun if we did that 
Because I am sure you can fill up your own bucket list with, you know, going to a pumpkin patch, drinking apple cider, etc. But um, these are things that have either been recent additions for me in the autumn or going to be new this year. Staying in the vein of films first, um, we're going to have Lord of the Rings Sundays (laughs) at my family's house. So my family gathers for dinner every Sunday evening at my parents' house and usually there's like there's a lot of family but then some of them leave and it's basically me and my siblings and to our good fortune my mom has finally agreed to watch the lord of the rings series from start to finish and what's more josh has never seen them truly from start to finish he was playing once on a bus and that doesn't count plus who knows if they were the theatrical cut or what obviously we have all three of them in the box set of extended editions and we plan to watch them a half movie at a time, so it'll take about six weeks. Which honestly I think is way more enjoyable than trying to do them all in a day. I don't know why people would do that unless you're like ill and can't go anywhere anyway. I feel like having this ritualistic thing that every Sunday, because I already look forward to family dinner, but then to think, oh yes, more Lord of the Rings this week. It's delightful and it's going to go basically all through the autumn season. When it's done, it's going to be time for Christmas movies. And that's just, that's fantastic. If you have not watched the Lord of the Rings series, this is the time. I'll give you, that's a sneak peek into the autumn uh, movie night episode because it, it's up there. It's perfect. It's such a good autumn series, such a good series, period. But I think it's better in the autumn. Oh, and you know what? I hadn't. I forgot about this one before I started <laughs> recording. Last year, Sarah and I made another uh, episode of uh, called Spooky Movie Night. We've done the seasonal ones, but we have Spooky Movie Night. I forgot about that. That's episode 39. So if you want even more movie recommendations, there you go. Now, moving on. Uh, every year, for the past three years, <laughs> Sarah and I have um, really made a point of celebrating Oktoberfest. We are not German in the slightest, as far as we know. But it sort of started as an excuse to watch The Sound of Music, and we just had an a, like an elaborate meal to celebrate it, and then it's become a thing in which uh, we always invite our cousin, who is... Uh, hi, Isaiah, if you're listening to this. I know he listens. <laughs> he is half German, so... Or a quarter German. He's part German, more than us, and um, <laughs> we'll wear a hat and whatnot, And so we cook a German-inspired meal. Last year we did schnitzel. I think it was Jaeger schnitzel. And um, what else? It was cabbage, of course. Potatoes, sauerkraut. Um, I had some soft pretzels and a variety of mustards. Beer and something to do with apples for dessert. (laughs) We do our annual um, viewing of that video of the guy playing an accordion and yodeling with a cigarette in his mouth. I'll put that in the show notes if you haven't seen it. It's, it is a joy. It's miraculous. And um, we usually celebrate with that and some German music and raise a toast. And we, like I said, it started as a reason to watch The Sound of Music. So last year we were like, what, what do we watch? And so we ended up watching Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, which was fantastic. Um, seriously underrated movie. And then I also made them watch a video analysis that was about (laughs) almost half the length of the movie about Snow White and why she is underrated and why that film is fantastic. And so this year, (laughs) 
we're not we don't know a lot of german films i'm definitely open to suggestions not that either of the previous films were german but uh even set in germany we'll take it um but sarah and i were talking about it and this year we have settled on hoodwinked as a sort of homage to the brothers Grimm, and because it's fun and it's in a forest and i None of us can really remember how it goes. We just know it was really funny. And then at the end, it got really crazy. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And uh, enjoy our German meal. And it's just, it's a, a, why not? It's a fun themed dinner party or movie party. You can make it however you like. Oktoberfest apparently officially runs this year from September 17th to October 3rd. We are fortunately going to be able to fit it in that time period, but even if not, I think it's so fun. It's just a really fun um, meal, and we don't typically eat or make German food. Um, one year we did bratwursts, and it's just it's just fun to have a theme. So that's definitely happening. There's one other thing that I'm hoping we can make happen this year. Again, it's Sarah and I, we've decided that we have to uh, plan parties together, the two of us. You remember, you may recall Sarah did the um, Meg book club slash viewing party, and we had a shark-themed party this past summer. And I've thrown other parties, and so we thought we need to team up, become Fraser and Niles, and just, you know, make parties together. And we've been talking about this for years, and it is uh, basically... You come together to play a game of Clue, but in costume and in character. <laughs> so best we can figure, it'll probably have to be at her house because it's bigger. And we'll accumulate other players to form six. We might try to find an extra person to be the host slash butler slash DM. And this is a fun chance to <laughs> to collect your theatrical friends because you've got to be in some amount of historical and character-inspired dress and must play the game as that character. Perhaps someone's done this before. I, I thought it was original, um, but I think it's going to be so fun. Obviously, well, perhaps not obviously, but I am Miss Scarlet. <laughs> I usually play Miss Scarlet, uh, and Sarah plays Miss White, and... Um, so we'll go from there. So I'm thinking canapes, hors d'oeuvre, a signature cocktail that's pre-assembled so no one has to keep making them when people are there. Spooky music. I'm thinking the cue music from the Hollywood Tower of Terror in Disney World. And um, dim lighting. Yeah, gloves. I'm really excited about this prospect, especially since... The days are going to get shorter, and after daylight savings, you can have a very dark atmosphere much earlier in the day. So that will probably wait. It would be great to do in October. So we're in the planning stages of this. If it does come to fruition, I will share all about it, of course. But I would recommend trying this out for yourself. Or if you're like, that's a little bit too much, there are like uh, what are they called? It's like a box set that is a murder mystery party. And sometimes they come with like invitations and name tags and everything. And so that would also be a really cool party. Um, you can design the food and drink around that, but to have everyone come over to, to participate in this murder mystery, that just, it's, it's the perfect time for it. These kinds of things are so fun. It's like an escape room, but in your house. 
But if you're still like, okay, that's still a lot of work, it's also just a good time to to watch Clue or play the game of Clue. <laughs> um, we will be watching Clue because that that's that's up there. That's a great film. But get creative, you know? I love a theme. This is no surprise at this point. So you could also do this with Harry Potter because it is Hogwarts time. So you could, you know, make butterbeer, find some chocolate frogs. <laughs> I've seen people pouring melted chocolate into frog molds, etc. Um, theming things. It's just, why wouldn't you? There's actually a theater close to where um, I live. It's over... It's the Granby Theater, if anyone local is listening. And they're doing these showings of the Harry Potter films, but with dinner and like you're split up by your house and there's like meet and greets and it's decorated perfectly. So, and I've also seen advertisements for like uh, a Forbidden Forest walk that's like a few towns away. I think there are a lot of cool themed events for Harry Potter around this time. Or, you know, trivia nights. <laughs> so, uh, bring out your, your, um, rep, rep your house, basically. I am, of course, a Ravenclaw, and last fall and winter, I actually crocheted a scarf, a Ravenclaw scarf, and it's almost, I'm, I'm done with it, but I'm still weaving in my ends, and I have to add some fringe. So, I'm <laughs> so excited to wear this Ravenclaw scarf once it gets cold enough. Um, so just let all, let your Harry Potter light shine. <laughs> and, um, finally, we, I do want to just acknowledge seasonal produce <laughs> once again. Um, because even if it's just a, if you would like to host a simple dinner party, there are, this transitional time and into autumn can provide some really delicious flavors. First of all, figs. Fig season is just approaching and I can't wait. Um, soon we'll get into squash season. It'll be soup time. And I feel like nuts and seeds really have their their heyday in the autumn. Um, or maybe you can host a, a tea party, but make it very autumnal in the, in the offerings. Because I feel like the classic tea spread lends itself very easily to spring. So what would it look like if it was a perhaps a pumpkin scone? And the chicken salad sandwich was made with dried cranberries and pecans. Um, oh, and you could have this harvest <laughs> harvest blend of uh, tea. So I'm just going to let it infuse everything that I do. Honestly, I am feeling this fall. I know I said that about summer, but this is so much more. <laughs> Those are my suggestions for you today. Uh, as I said, there are, I will link the other episodes to the different movie night episodes and to last year's episode about other recommendations because this is a very fun time. And while before we leave this subject and I share the little joy, I do want to uh, just give a, a bit of housekeeping PSA. We will have a break uh, for the podcast for the next two weeks because I'm going to Canada. Josh and I are going to Banff National Park because we both have just really been drawn to that place <laughs> and to the mountains um, for quite a while. And we just wanted to be able to travel somewhere um, where the natural scenery is the thing rather than a, like a city 
So we'll be gone for about a week um, coming up soon, and it's going to be just the perfect transition to fall, I think, because it's significantly colder there um, than it is in Southeast Virginia, and um, I'm ready for the cabin vibe and the lodge and um, for hiking and all of that. There is a tea house, by the way. We're going to go to the Lake Agnes tea house, which is only accessible via a hike. Uh, really, really, that's been the thing that's drawn me. Josh has wanted to go <laughs> to like see mountains and stuff, and that's all good for me too. But this tea house, oh my gosh, I've, I've wanted to go there for years. So this is very exciting. And um, that's where I'll be. So for the next two weeks, there will be um, no new podcast. So you've got plenty of time to go back to uh, previous years, like I said, to more autumn content. And then a new episode will be back or well, I will be back with a new episode on the 29th of September. And then uh, onward we go. So thank you so much. I will be right back with this week's Little Joy. This week's Little Joy is um, hard to pinpoint. So it'll be kind of broad because it was an experience. But also, um, there's a, like a, a little win in there that I will highlight. So this past weekend, it was a long weekend for Labor Day, and I was gone for a few days with Josh to um, visit with his family to this property that they own up in Northern Virginia in um, Westmoreland County. And they've been restoring this historic home and property for years now, and um, they've built up like a the this small tenant house on the side and they will live in that house whenever they go up to restore it less so josh more um his brother and dad my my brother-in-law and father-in-law but we will all go up and um visit together and it's very fun because uh we don't get to see his family as much as mine and we took turns cooking and uh we went to several different trails. We uh, hiked in the state park. We went to the beach on the Potomac River, saw a bunch of history. Um, my brother-in-law is a, a history person like no one I've ever met and just remembers things. <laughs> um, so he was giving us plenty of history. And, you know, it was just nice to hang out uh, together and away from normal life, but not too, not too far physically in terms of distance, only a few hours. Um, but I was able to cook on one of the nights and I love this recipe. I don't know if I've talked about it before or not, but it's, um, by David Leibovitz. It's, I know it's in his cookbook, um, my Paris kitchen, but I do believe it's on his website as well. And it's called chicken with mustard or poulet a la moutarde. Tarde. I'm getting there. Um, and I made this dish with a bunch of chicken drumsticks and roasted potatoes and green beans and made a salad. Served it with rosé, and it was delightful. I was having to get used to uh, a kitchen that is not mine, a much powerful, much more powerful kitchen <laughs> in terms of the stovetop, but um, it worked out well, and I enjoy cooking for people, and I don't always get to do that. And so this recipe, I think, is great because it's comforting and it's simple, and I don't think it's that complicated. You don't need that many ingredients that are out of the ordinary. And um, 
It's delicious if you like mustard at all. So I'm going to leave a link to it in the show notes. That is David Leibovitz's recipe for chicken with mustard. And then in that same vein, I would like to share an album of music with you. I introduced it to my brother-in-law this weekend, and he does not typically enjoy much music at all. But I, as a jazz musician, had to sort of analyze that and figure out what what he did like. Turns out he likes jazz. He likes a lot of um, piano trio. (laughs) This I ascertained. And so I played for him an album that he really did enjoy, and that is Red Garland's Piano by Red Garland with Paul Chambers and Art Taylor. It's from 1957. Red Garland is one of my favorite jazz pianists. Like the way he plays is so clever and so fun and it's not too serious and not too, um, I don't know. I I love it. I think it's fantastic. And this album is really great for listening to and analyzing. I've transcribed some of his solos in the past, but it's also great in the background as well because it doesn't put pressure on anyone uh, as a listener. I think it's it's great um, atmosphere. So I like to cook to it and, and to dine by it. <laughs> That's what we did when I made the, the chicken and mustard. Uh, although I did, you know, sit him down and take him through one of the tunes and dissect it, and it's perfect for that too. <laughs> um, but I think it's great for all occasions. It's Red Garland's Piano. Um, please do check it out, especially in the autumn. Oh my gosh, it's fantastic. And uh, that about does it for me. Thank you so much. I'm very excited about this uh, this new season. I'd been getting some messages about what do I read in the fall? Well, here you are. This is my plan. <laughs> and I wish you all the very best. I'll be back in a few weeks. So on September 29th, I'll be back with a new episode. And I wish you all the very best. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Life on the Brink. If you're enjoying these episodes, please feel free to leave a star rating or even better, leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word. For podcast show notes and extra inspirational posts throughout the week, head to the blog at lifeonthebrink.live. And if you'd like a little extra dose of inspiration in your life, sign up for the monthly newsletter, which lights up your inbox the first Friday of each month. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, friends, you have a lovely week. Bye.